0: Welcome to the ETS Podcast, where we are facing the challenge and shaping the
1: future. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to ETS Podcast. In this episode, we will pick up a topic of counseling again, and more specifically, some topics that we cover in our premarital and remarital counseling course, as well as our conflict management course. Come on. And so, yeah, in this episode, uh, we will talk about how to handle what are some tools that we can handle conflict in our lives, in marriage, but also in other areas. And by the way, my name is Tamara Milanovic. And here in studio, I have my dear colleague and friend, Joel Barron. Hi, Joel.
0: Hi, Tamara. It's so great to be back to talk about this really important topic we're going to be talking about today. And I'm just excited to do this with you because I feel like we have so much fun doing this (laughs) and we just have a good time and it's great to listen to, I hope.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I also hope that it's great to listen to. At least from the feedback we got from the last episode, it seems like you know it was it was fun, but it was first of all also encouraging. And so I hope with bringing these topics that we are still you know developing in our own lives, um, we can also help and encourage others to work on those as well. And so conflict in marriage, um, you know, Joel, that's something that you also uh, tackled in your master thesis. So. You are some kind of a pro in this, right?
0: (laughs) Wow, that's some big words there, Tamra. I don't know if anyone is a pro when it comes to conflict and marriage in the same sentence because, I mean, hey, let's face it, it happens. You cannot avoid conflict, but it's our response to conflict that is a huge reason why so many marriages fail. And so that was very uh, passionate for me when I was doing my master thesis, and that's why I included a section in the program on conflict especially looking at uh, a Gottman and some of the the things that he offered and we're going to introduce him and talk about who he is in just a moment but i also found that it's not just in marriage but in any kind of relationship conflict is going to happen whether that be family whether that be my friend um you're not left out or you don't get to somehow get avoided by conflict it happens no matter how you try to stay away from it
1: yeah conflict is inevitable so the point is not to prevent conflict from happening, but it's about when conflict occurs, how do I tackle it? How do I respond? And what do I do? And so we want to give you some tools um, that, you know, were proven by science to be working. And I think they are very applicable, applicable not only in marriage and and romantic relationships, but in every other relationship um, that you mentioned. Sure. Yeah. We want to introduce our dear friend, uh, Gottman. Who is <laughs> not really our friend because we've never met him, but we yeah. love his
0: material.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, he, you know, did you ever heard about, you know, a love lab? Uh, basically, it's a laboratory where, you you know, you put love to test. Um, and so if that sounds weird, well, our friend Gottman, that is not really our friend, um, <laughs> has, has actually over 40 years has spent, you know, doing the research in love labs where they invite different couples of you know from many different stages of life, um, different cultures, and they just you know observe them. They also measure their blood pressure. They measure different reactions in their body uh, to one another, to um, communication, conversations. I mean, it's a really deep research that they do. And he says that now he can predict if um, you know if um, divorce will happen with a ninety-three percent accuracy um, because he says there are some signals that he can see. Uh, And believe it or not, it's not people who fight the least that are in the most, you know, in the most kind of um, preventive towards divorce. You know, it's not like if you are not fighting a lot, that's a good sign. But it's more about how do you handle conflict. And so, yeah, he talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse.
0: And one thing you said when we're talking about preventing conflict it doesn't exist, but some people their way of preventing is they don't deal with confrontation; they run away from it, and it builds up to the point where finally you have this explosion yes. effect. And so, it's really important that we apply these different methods, whether it be in the romantic relationship or in just the friendship and family uh, yeah. relationships that we have. And that's why we're so excited to bring this topic today to you.
1: Yeah, and if you want to find more about Gottman, you can um, you know you can go to a website, Gottman Institute. Dot com or you can also, you know, check out his books. There are many books on Amazon and the book that we are also mentioning today, is Seven Principles to Making Marriage Work. And so, um, yeah, again, you know, I'm not married, uh, but I have read the book and it's been a blessing to me. So be encouraged, even if you're not in a relationship, uh, this can be useful.
0: Sure. And I use the same book that um, Tamara refers to in my master thesis, as well as some different books, such as Ten Principles for Doing Effective Couples Therapy. And even his other book, "The Man's Guide to a Woman." Wow! Which... And I found out that that does not apply to my wife. She needs her <laughs> own manual, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, so true for many women, they're unpredictable. But yeah, in in general, uh, you know, it's books based on the on a deep and and long research, and it's it's useful.
0: Sure, and you'll find conflict mentioned almost in each one of these books because it yeah. is such. A huge part of our lives and our response to it, as we mentioned, is so significant and important for how we're going to be successful in all of those relationships.
1: Yeah. So usually when we talk about four horsemen of the apocalypse. We think about, of course, apocalypse and the end times and revelation and all the disaster that these four horsemen bring. And um, so, you know, Gottman uses this analogy to talk about um, these different stages in our uh, conflicts, in our relationships, and how they not, sometimes they build one after the other, you know, one horseman rides in and then the other one comes and then the other one comes. Um, But sometimes they're also, you know, riding in to a marital conflict or a relationship conflict together at the same time. And so um, yeah, those four horsemen are, first one is criticism, second one is contempt, third one is defensiveness, and the fourth one is stonewalling. And rather than us just now spending time and just trying to explain all of those, we thought it's much nicer, funnier, and easier to remember uh, if we do an example, right?
0: Yeah because we're just so good at that. And role play is such a huge part of counseling here at ETS in our curriculum and in our courses. So we thought, why not try to do it on podcasts? (laughs)
1: Let's just do a role play on a podcast. (laughs) Come on.
0: Hey, before we begin, Tamara, which of these four do you think is one of the most common used when conflict is being dealt with?
1: I definitely think that the first one, the criticism is something that is very dominant, Um, maybe for some cultures more than others. Um, but I think in general, it's just very, very common to, to face criticism. Um, and we think criticism is productive, but we will see now in our example that it's actually not at all. And so, um, yeah, let's just, let's just start with it. You know, maybe we give a little bit of a context uh, before we start our example. Right. Um, so so. we'll give
0: a little bit of an explanation of what it looks like, what it is, and then we'll do the example for you.
1: Yeah. Um, And so in criticizing, we just go and, you know, we we are frustrated about something, we have big emotions about something, and we go right away and attack the other person. And so here on ETS, right, um, I am a dormitory supervisor. And, you know, that includes that I am in charge of some of the work hours of the students. And Joel, as a music teacher and all the other roles that you have, Joel, (laughs) um, he also gets some, you know, assistance from students. In In some of his assignments, and just you know some of some of the work he does, and so we have this scenario where we share a student, right? where w- one student helps you some some days of the week and right. then he helps me. Some day he helps me or she helps me some days of the week, yeah. And so let's just say this is, okay, this is just a role play, okay? It's exactly. not an actual example. Because here
0: at ETS, we know that everyone's actually perfect and this would never happen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just imagine that, you know, Joel took one of the students' work hours that was supposed to um, be dedicated to some of my assignments. And, you know, he just took the student for an extra work without communicating that to me.
0: And for those maybe that aren't part of ETS community and you're like, what is work hour? What does that even mean? Here at ETS, we are an institution that's basically ran from a mission standpoint. Um, We belong to Church of God World Missions and we depend on donations to run the school. So in one of those things, what we do is the students each have tasks that are assigned to them, whether it be in the kitchen team with cleaning up after lunch or cleaning the halls or working as a translator. They all have different activities that they do each day. Um, They required so many hours to do that, and that helps us function as a seminary.
1: Yeah, but it's also a part of their discipleship and training, because believe it or not, when you go in ministry, a lot of your tasks will be very practical. And very, you know, maybe what you think is, you know, underneath your position. That's true. Um, how
0: can you preach from the pulpit if you don't know how to clean the toilet? You got to be able to plead the blood of Jesus in that toilet just as much as you can from the pulpit. Be part yes. of the refresher team, you know?
1: Yeah. And so I think that's that's also the thought behind it. So anyway, back to our example. I um, I come and I I come to Joel uh, very frustrated that, you know, he has took the student to do an extra hour without communicating that to me. And I say something like this. Hey, Joel.
0: Hey, Tamara. How's it going today?
1: Um, I I just am very upset right now uh, because I just found out that you took this student and without communicating to me, um, you know, and I was counting that, you know, the student will do something from my assignments. And now I found out that he has already done something of your assignments and you did not even try to communicate that to me in advance. And it's just so frustrating because this is not the first time this happens. You always do this. Like you always go behind my back. Tamara, are you kidding me right now?
0: Like you- No, I'm not kidding. Oh my goodness. You get this person three days a week. I get two days a week. I, I never complain if you like say something about needing them
1: next extra day and you're gonna come to me because I just took a little bit of time. But I am a dormitory supervisor, and this should have been communicated to me in advance. And I'm a bishop. Just, <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, bishop, this is not how you do, how you <laughs> treat those, you know? And, and this is very disrespectful. I'm just... I can't believe you're just <sighs> doing this right now to me. you talk about disrespectful. This is disrespectful, what you're doing to me. I just... You're not listening. I, I just cannot, you know? It's just like, ugh, this is just frustrating. Okay, <laughs> uh, thank you, Joel, <laughs> for acting this out. <laughs> no Again, problem, it's a role play. Um, and so, how did that make you feel when I when I made my, you know, when I made my plea in this way, criticizing you and saying you always do this? I felt attacked.
0: Like my mm-hmm. character was attacked. Who I am was attacked. So I began pulling cards. You threw your title out. So then I began thinking what titles I might have that I can throw back out. And mm-hmm. it was just like this trying to to grow and be bigger. Yeah. Um, somehow so that you can overcome the situation
1: and not be the underdog so there was defensiveness um that you know just right away striked in and so rather than just criticizing which is always saying like you you know you always do this generalizing you always you know disrespect me you always go behind my back what if we made this critique into a complaint And Gottman suggests that to turn any critique into a complaint, you have to have three parts. Basically, the first part is like you say, this is how I feel. And then the second part is about this particular event or something you did. And then the third part is, and here is what I would like to happen in future. And so let's just do the same example and just imagine that now I come to you, same thing happened, and I say something like this. Hey, Joel.
0: Hey, Tamara. How's it going today?
1: Um yeah, I was just a little bit upset, so here's how I feel. Uh, I was just a little bit upset about you know, um, I just came and and a student um I was you know having an assignment for student, then the student said, well, I already did an extra hour for Joel, and that just caught me off guard and I felt a little bit uncomfortable and disrespected um you know that that was not communicated to me in advance so again, it's it's not a big deal, but I just would like in future, um, if you can just like, you know, talk, talk it out to me in advance or send me a text message, simple as that. And then, um, you know, so I can prevent this, we can prevent this feelings of hurt from happening.
0: Well, Tamara, I'm sorry, I didn't mean any disrespect. At the beginning of the semester, you had told me that if I ever had a week I needed, then it would be fine. And I just assumed that I didn't need to communicate that. So I apologize for not communicating. And I'll do a much better job of that in the future that i write to you and make sure that we're on the same page
1: thank you much appreciated then yeah um i definitely am flexible and you can definitely use some extra time when you need but it would just be nice that we are on the same page before we go to the student and there, then we are you know we are on a on a uh, yeah we, we communicated the communicated in advance so thank you very much yeah you're welcome sorry for the inconvenience Um, No problem. (laughs) So how did this make you feel, Joel?
0: Yeah, I never felt defensive Mm -hmm. because it was a quite calm situation and there was no attacking going on of of my character, of who I am, of what I had done. But it was more centered on what you experienced personally. And you're just sharing this with me.
1: Yeah. And so this is the point if we make it about us rather than you did this. Uh, but we also mentioned the event that happened, or some deed that occurred, or behavior that has made us feel this way. Uh, then that will make, as Joel did, you know, it will make space for much more effective and um, constructive conversation, rather than just going back and forth with with attacking and defense defending, right? Sure. Yeah. And so yeah, this is our our first uh, horseman that you know it's critique. We want to we want to prevent that by you know not criticizing but complaining. Um, because complaint is more about, you know, situation rather than the character of a person which critique is, you know, con- connect, uh, concentrated on.
0: Yeah. And you'll notice also the tone of her voice was different. And that also makes a difference. If you mm-hmm. come to the person and you still have a heavy tone, then even though you're saying, I feel like this and this, it can still almost come across and you become defensive if yes. you're not careful. So we need to make sure we remain calm that we've taken time to process and to think about what has happened yes that we have sorted our emotions and our feelings and when we approach the person we have ourselves put together and we can stay in this calm voice and then we can communicate effectively and be successful with finding a solution
1: exactly and you will also um you know suggested by gottman if you spend at least at least like um 20 minutes to process if your heartbeat is above 100 beats per minute then you are too upset to think rationally. So take time off, cool down, and then come and construct a complaint. Okay, um, let's go with the second horseman, it's um, contempt. Yeah, so with contempt,
0: it's basically known as like a nuclear level of criticism. Uh, Contempt Mm -hmm. is when insulting the significant other. Um, Again, no matter what the relationship is, you're insulting um, that person And sometimes it can be turned into abuse if we're not careful.
1: Yes. And usually it starts lightly with like, you know, like just what I did also in the first example where I just snort or I just said, or I make a silly comment or I, you know, do anything to belittle you, to make you feel like, you know, you are just underneath me. Right.
0: And so we're like name calling and sometimes Mm -hmm. in in marriages, um, you have scenarios where Like a lot of times with money, this is where it's coming. Like, hey, did you pay the bills? No, I didn't. Oh my gosh, are you a loser? What is wrong with you? I just belittled my partner by saying that. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part of contempt that we want to avoid.
1: Or I roll my eyes, right? Yeah, body language is huge. just like shake my head.
0: Your body language can speak love or it can speak annoyance. And and it can also be degrading to the person when they see that. Because maybe I'm saying, oh yeah, I'm fine. Roll my eyes. Yes. <laughs> I say that because you can't see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, roll my eyes or snort or just look on the side or, or just shake my puff. head. just like, yes. uh, like you're the big bad yes. wolf
0: with the three little pigs <laughs> about to blow someone's house down.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so contempt is something that comes together with criticism or also comes together with our third, um, you know, our third uh, horseman, which is defensiveness. And in the previous example that we did. You could hear actually um Joel becoming very defensive, right? Especially when I made my title, he used his title. So
0: yeah. Yeah, and come on, who who doesn't? Like if, if someone's coming mm-hmm. against you, even if you're in the wrong, if they come with that kind of tone attacking you, your first um your your first nature as human is to defend yourself. That's just yeah. how we, we do, and especially in relationships, even more so.
1: Yes, and so. When we the more we care about person the more defensive we will become so that's good to note that's true because it hurts sometimes it hurts. when they come against us if we're close if they're not as close eh, yes. you might not
0: like it but it's not gonna be as effective as uh like someone you're married to or someone you're best friends with
1: yeah and so the way to prevent all of these horsemen is of course first of all to you know calm down to soften your startup how you bring up the 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 conflict how you bring up the conversation. Those are some of the really good and effective steps, not only in preventing criticism, but also in defensiveness and contempt. Because if I come with a softer startup, if I'm more cooled down, if I don't raise my voice to a high level, if I express how I feel hurt, not what you did, you know, and and I attack you, then this whole thing will calm down and the contempt and also defensiveness will be extinguished.
0: Yeah, so we need to avoid things like have you lost your mind? Yes. (laughs) Why are you so stupid? Yes. And (laughs) why are
1: you so selfish? You always think about yourself and you know, um, when it will be about me and not about you and so on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we need to think of the other person and how we can approach it. And there's some different words you can say also, if the moment's like rising, you can like just randomly ask what time is it? (laughs) And it throws someone off completely and it calms them down. Or even by using body language again, or even by touch, if you put your arm on them, just on their shoulder and you're trying to talk in a caring thing, it sometimes can diffuse yeah. the situation and, and it I can know help. for
1: yeah, yeah. And I know for some com- couples, they also, you know, pray for one another before having a, um, you know, conversation that is not going to be easy or that can be conflicting because, you know, that kind of, um, kind of softens the, the whole wild emotions that are just about to explode. So we are saying, just take your time and cool down and you know be more productive in your conversation when you're cooled down than, rather than when you're all heated up and fired up. but if you don't you know prevent these three horsemen from coming in, the four horsemen is like riding in smoothly into your into your uh, conflict or into your relationship. And yeah. what is the
0: fourth one? Well, the fourth one is stonewalling, and oh my goodness, this is used so much. Um, I would say probably in marriages it's used a lot, yeah. but in, in life in general. I remember uh, my roommate in college when we didn't like get along, we would use this method. I didn't even know it existed then, but this is <laughs> what we were doing. We would stow on another and just completely ignoring the other person. So it's literally like putting up a wall so that your partner like turns to a wall instead of you.
1: Yeah, Yeah, where you don't make a sound, you don't make a move, and you don't utter a word.
0: And basically this person may have tried to communicate but when they felt rejected and like they're getting nowhere they begin to shut down and they don't even try anymore and that's when you reach the point of stonewalling so it's not an immediate response but it's i tried i wasn't successful they won't hear anything i say i'm done it's just better not even to try and use words
1: yeah and stonewalling is very dangerous because it also it doesn't happen just once you know it builds up over time and so you just want to be very careful if it comes to that point. You have to do something because stonewalling is the, the most hurtful and the least uh, productive. Because as long as we fight and we go back and forth, it seems like we care. But when we stonewall, it seems like we gave up. And so, yeah, let's just do an example of stonewalling, right? That's a great idea. <laughs> going to be able to see all of our silence (laughs) (laughs) yeah and hear all of our silence um so yeah do we go with the same example or have another Um, idea let's
0: use a different one um let's say in this scenario we are co-teaching and i say this because we were just co-teaching this subject and uh i was given the task of designing the test and making sure it's up online ready for the students so tamra comes in i've given my word that i'm going to do this and when she comes in and is ready to start the exam for the students. I forgot and never did it. And now she is stuck at exam time without an exam. Oh,
1: what a terrible scenario. I'm happy that this actually is not a real scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so um, I just am shocked and frustrated. have to improvise on the spot, manage somehow. And after the class, I see you in a hallway. Okay. And I just go with this, like... So i walk up and I go, hey, Tamara, how was everything today in class? Um... Are you seriously asking me this after you forgot to do the whole exam and no. post it on Moodle? I mean, what on earth were you thinking? What what was in your mind? Like, how how can you forget something so important? Oh, no. You don't even care about our co-teaching. You don't even care about me. This is awful. Like, what kind of a colleague are you? I mean, I just don't understand. It's You put me on the spot. It was so embarrassing and so just just awful moment, okay awful fir- first
0: i'm gonna need you to like take a step back have a twix moment and just chill out for a second because chill out yes because this, this attitude you chill is out.
1: real rude and it is not okay right now you chill out after i would see if you would do this you know if you were in this situation would you chill out with the twix moment come on yes. come on be serious like i just, would probably actually take a snickers please, instead, please just take your take you know just be humble and say you're sorry because this is not helping like Being defensive is not helping. And this
0: attitude is helping that you're coming with me yet? Like, how are we supposed to even talk if you can't come to me calm, but you want me to chill out? That's not okay. You just don't get it. You just don't get it. I do. I'm trying to, but you're attacking me right now. Tamara, I'm talking to you. Oh, wow. That's real mature. Let's just go fourth grade on this situation right now. My goodness, it's almost like my marriage sometimes. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah. So in this
0: scenario, you heard nothing From her side because she felt nothing was moving forward. So she just quit, as we said in that situation. So she's sitting there not even looking at me. She's looking the other way. Probably in a real scenario, would have walked away.
1: Yeah, I would probably just walk away in my office and shut the door really dramatically. But only that's a (laughs) um, a special
0: example scenario because Tamra is so perfect. She would never do anything Mm, like that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Uh, But yeah, in general the point is, you know, stonewalling makes you feel even more, you know, in this case, it brought even more contempt, it brought even more defensiveness uh, or more criticism, and so it doesn't move you anywhere. Um, And I think, you know, we want to keep this short and sweet, (laughs) Uh, and we just want to encourage you, like, if you are facing uh, conflict in any of your relationships, that's normal, and that's inevitable, but... There is, you know, there are ways which you can um, approach it much more effectively, and we are hoping by this model, right, Joel, um, that you can get some ideas about how to prevent criticism by turning it into a complaint, mm-hmm. uh, how to prevent contempt,
0: yeah, how to prevent defensiveness,
1: yes, and how to, you know, diffuse the, the defensiveness, and then how to um, also avoid the big stonewaller. Yes, and one of the
0: ways we can avoid these things is through a concept or an important element in relationships called active listening. Yes. So we need to take time to actually hear what the other person is saying. And if we will keep that mindset that we're open to hear everything and not find a way to be defensive and keep calm, that helps diffuse the, the, the conflict as well.
1: Yes. And it definitely also helps to just be aware you need time and that's completely okay. You don't have to always address every issue right on the spot. Um, because you will be more productive about it.
0: But I will say um, really quickly for we're ending that uh, I saw this TV show and when they would have an argument, they would holler time out," and that meant that they put the argument on hold and then they would just kiss and, and go back to normal stuff. But what happened is that they never actually dealt with it. They called timeout every time one of the others wanted to talk about it and it turned into a huge explosion and there's yeah. defensiveness. You see all these things coming to life. And so, we do need to deal with it. It's important you take time to process, to understand, to think through your emotions so you can remain calm, but to not take a sabbatical in doing so, but yeah. that you actually come and you approach it and have the confrontation about the situation in a calm matter.
1: Yeah. Postpone it rather than ignore it. Yes. Very um, important. Yeah. And so we hope this was helpful for you and we are, um, you know, we are always trying to bring Different topics from different aspects of our school and our seminary, and yeah, this was another one on counseling. And so, um, you know, stay tuned for more episodes on worship, also theology, and more about counseling coming soon. Thank yes. you,
0: Tamara, uh Before we go, would you pray over yes. people?
1: Yes, yes, for sure. I, I would, I would pray, and then we will conclude this episode, dear Lord. Thank you for just, um, you know, relationships we have in our lives. Thank you for bringing different people in different points in our life um, and just blessing us with them in our lives. We know that sometimes uh, we feel like, you know, this person is just bothering us and there are different things that they do that tick us off. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to to just stay calm and stay put together and address it more effectively. Uh, but we know that in your word, our tongue is a very strong weapon. And so we want to use it vi- wisely and we want to use these different tools Thank you for these different tools um, that we can use to just really concentrate more about the person rather than the situation and just kind of just approach it in loving and constructive way. So help us to use these tools and help us to be more productive, more loving and more caring in our conflicts. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank Thank you you so much. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the ETS podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.ets-cannabis.de